This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I want to let you know that the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Over 2 million men worldwide have joined the movement for all their below-the-waist needs. Engineers for the last 18 months have perfected the greatest hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. The third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. You can choose the Lawnmower 3.0 as well as other items by going to manscaped.com and you can also save 20% by using the promo code State of Saints. That's manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints and save 20% on the Lawnmower 3.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast that is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you all for spending your Monday afternoon. If you're watching this on a Monday afternoon, thank you so much for your time. On this edition, we're going to be talking about Saints head coach Sean Payton and how he is going Hollywood. But I want to say to everybody out there, if this is your first time checking out the State of the Saints podcast, go ahead and hit that subscription button. Go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Those that are commenting right now that's in the chat, go ahead and hit that like button. Let's go ahead and get it started. And we also have a new function for those that want to donate to the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, You can do so by using the Cash App. You know, you can use the Cash App now. And I'm going to go ahead and put that up on the screen real quick. Okay, so you can put up, you know, if you want to donate to the show as the show go on, you can go to uh, Dallas Stein State of Saints and want to thank Cash App uh, for their partnership uh, with the State of the Saints podcast. So let's go ahead and get started, man. Let's go ahead and get started. I'm excited, man. I did a show all weekend long. Time to talk about some New Orleans Saints. And now we're going to talk about Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Uh, is going to get his very own movie. Yes, he is going to get his very own movie that is going to be starring Kevin James. And I'm pretty sure everybody knows who Kevin James is. If you watched uh, the CBS show King of Queens, uh, you also probably remember him from Paul Blart, Mall Cop, uh, Here Comes the Boom. Uh, Kevin James is a well-respected actor. You know, most of his, his movies that he does is with his really good friend, Adam Sandler. I mean, I remember... I pronounce you Chuck and Larry. That was a funny movie as well. Kevin James is a well-respected actor, and he is going to take on the role of playing Sean Payton uh, during the 2012 NFL season when Sean Payton was suspended by the National Football League because of Bounty Gate. 
All Saints fans know what Bounty Gate is. I don't need to explain it to you. For those that are casually uh, watching the show, probably not a Saints fan, you know, probably just enjoy the content. Uh, Bounty Gate happened in 2012 when the New Orleans Saints, uh, you know, head coach Sean Payton, Joe Vitt, um, Mickey Loomis, Greg Williams were all suspended. Uh, I think including Will Smith and Jonathan Vilma. They were suspended because they said that they had a bounty pool uh, that they were giving out to players that intentionally injure uh, NFL players. Uh, you know, they would put like bounties on the heads of, of different uh, NFL players. Uh, one in particular was Brett Favre in the NFC championship game. Uh, you know, they felt like, okay, if you hurt a guy, then you get this amount of money. And it wasn't really, it wasn't really proven, man. It was a lot of, he said, she said, but this was during the time when Roger Goodell was first coming in and he was trying to uh, impose his will and try to show everybody he's this no-nonsense commissioner. I mean, it was basically just a big cluster. You know the word I'm looking for. Uh, but all in all, uh, Sean Payton had to be suspended for the entire season, and the movie is focusing on him uh, doing things outside of being the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. So it's a pretty big honor, man. Anytime you, know, you have a, a Hollywood star like Kevin James or any Hollywood star uh, play you in a movie, and, um, you know, it's interesting to see. I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm definitely interested to see what Sean Payton did in his spare time. I know he uh, he coached his son's uh, flag football team as well as other things, man. So, you know, interested to see what's going on with Sean Payton. Uh, I don't think that we can even talk about the 2012 Bonnie scandal without, you know, inciting some type of emotion from New Orleans Saints fans because uh, to this day uh, we feel like the NFL has this personal vendetta against the New Orleans Saints football team. I mean, there's no doubt about it, man. You know, um, you know, the NFL, it just seems like they always have like these these rules that are just strictly for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, we, we see this 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 past season, right? You know, when this whole COVID-19 situation happened, you know, they got the Saints celebrating in the locker room. They're, all of a sudden, they're getting all these different type of penalties. But other teams that you see around the National Football League doing the same thing, Nothing happens to him. Uh, we can talk about the 2018 NFC Championship game where it was clearly pass interference, but they didn't call that. Uh, it just seems like there's this different set of rules that, that only apply to when the New Orleans Saints playing. And you, you have to be kind of hard-pressed not to agree. Uh, you got to basically just be a fan of another team that is on the receiving end of, you know, the, the prize at the end, rather you're a Rams fan rather you're a Falcon fan or a fan of the team in the NFC South that don't want to see the Saints actually win anything, you know? So, I mean, it, it, it happened back in what, 2012, and now we're still talking about the same things nine years later. But I'm interested to see what's going to happen when the movie with Sean Payton. Uh, I would have thought maybe somebody like Frankie Nunez from uh, Malcolm in the Middle, who looks, I mean, incredibly like Sean Payton, would have ended up playing his role. But I'm not mad at the uh, the whole <laughs> – I'm not mad at the whole Kevin James thing. I would think that Kevin James needs to lose a little weight in order for him to play Sean Payton. So I, I'm pretty sure he's probably going to end up doing that. But it's going to be on Netflix. Uh, and I know everybody in Who That Nation pretty much is going to check it out. But, you know, when you get this kind of attention, when you get this kind of press, when you got Hollywood superstars trying to play you uh, in movies, I mean, you get a lot of haters, right? You get some haters. You get some people that want to come along and try to throw uh, salt, you know, try to be salty and be petty. 
And we all know that the one team that is extremely petty when it comes to the New Orleans Saints are the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons social media page really stops at nothing to try to, you know, quote unquote, troll uh, the New Orleans Saints. And, uh, you know, for this situation, there was no exception. So the Atlanta Falcons on their Twitter page, they decided to put this picture up. Um, as you can see, this is a picture on courtesy of the Atlanta Falcons social media page on Twitter. Uh, it has a picture of the, the marquee of the poster of the movie Paul Blart Mall Cop. Uh, if you ever seen that poster, you know Kevin James is actually riding on a motorized scooter that you will mostly see in malls. But they replaced his face with Sean Payton's face. And, you know, they put the, the, they put the tweet up there, can't wait. So this is another attempt for the Atlanta Falcons to try to troll the New Orleans Saints. So allow me to do this in kind. And I think that if you're an Atlanta Falcon fan, I, I think you, you have to come to grips to this. And I don't care if you like it or not, I'm going to go ahead and say it. The Atlanta Falcons cannot stand on their own without the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to say that again. The Atlanta Falcons cannot stand on their own without the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints are the reason why the Atlanta Falcons are relevant. If it wasn't for the New Orleans Saints and a great quarterback play of, of Drew Brees and a great coaching of Sean Payton, nobody would care about the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are irrelevant if they're not playing the Saints. Nobody checking for the Atlanta Falcons. Nobody cares about the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons mostly get primetime recognition and primetime television games when they're playing the New Orleans Saints. Now, there are there are – there are chances and opportunities that they play other teams outside the New Orleans Saints, but it only comes when they're playing against a larger-than-life face of the NFL, like a Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes. The only way that they get recognition, right, there's a Thursday night game, a Thanksgiving game, primetime game of any, I mean, any kind, they're playing against the New Orleans Saints. And Atlanta Falcons, for some apparent reason, you have fans that come on the State of the Saints podcast and they infiltrate New Orleans Saints groups to try to be petty. But the Atlanta Falcons are nothing. They're absolutely nothing. They're a pathetic franchise. They're a laughingstock. They can talk about the New Orleans Saints losing in the playoffs, but everybody knows that the biggest choke artists in NFL history are the Atlanta Falcons. For three straight weeks last season, the Atlanta Falcons lost games in which they were up by double digits. And this is a reoccurring thing. Since the Super Bowl, when they had a 25-point lead versus the New England Patriots, everybody in their mama thought that the Atlanta Falcons were finally going to win their first Super Bowl. Tom Brady and the New England Patriots come back and win it in overtime. And after that, they have been mediocrity they have been walking talking mediocrity you have atlanta falcon fans who want to come on saints fans pages and talk about this overall record that nobody really cares about like who really sits up there and say that the that the pittsburgh steelers have overall record uh better than the baltimore ravens or or the you know or the miami dolphins have a better overall record versus the new england patriots like nobody cares nobody checks for that you only dig in the crates to try to find that so it can justify you talking about the New Orleans Saints. Well, since we want to talk about stats, let's go ahead and talk about it. Since Sean Payton has come to the New Orleans Saints in 2006, the Saints have beaten the Atlanta Falcons 
18 times. The Falcons have beaten the Saints nine. In the last six meetings, the New Orleans Saints have beaten the Atlanta Falcons five times. All right? They have not beaten the Saints. You know what I'm saying? only beat the Saints once. Division titles, and they swept the Atlanta Falcons two times since that particular situation. The Atlanta Falcons can't tell the New Orleans Saints nothing. They they finally got they had to go to the New Orleans Saints organization and pilfer a guy who was within the Saints organization. You got the assistant general manager and Terry Fontenot to run your organization. So you're telling us that. Oh, y'all better than the Saints. But if you're better than the Saints, why are you using Saints personnel to try to make your team better? Somebody please explain that to me. Why are you going out here getting defensive tackles like Tyler Davidson, you who used to play for the Saints? Why are you trying to go out here and get personnel from the New Orleans Saints to try to make your team better if you're just so much better than the New Orleans Saints? The Atlanta Falcons are nothing compared to the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints... They, they basically make the division. Uh, you can say that Tom Brady has come along and now he brought credibility to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before Tom Brady even got here, everybody knows who was the class of the NFC South and it damn sure wasn't the Atlanta Falcons. So that's not anything that an Atlanta Falcon fan can tell me. Anytime they want to feel relevant, they want to put something up about the New Orleans Saints because they know that's the only way that they're going to bring traffic to their page. You have Atlanta Falcon fans that's not even following their Twitter page. It is an embarrassment that you have to go through these lengths in order for you to even have a little ounce of credibility. Why don't you focus on trying to turn your team around? Why don't you focus on actually trying to beat the Saints? And that that so-called overall record that y'all talking about, if the Saints win three, you know what I'm saying, three of the next four meetings, that is going to be completely irrelevant. So y'all won't even have that leg to stand on. You need to focus on winning championships, making a playoffs. What's going to help your team, uh, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to uh, defense, when it comes to uh, getting to the playoffs, because y'all haven't been there in a while. Y'all have bigger fish to fry that don't involve the New Orleans Saints. So I just think that that's absolutely pathetic and sad. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, you know what I'm saying? It, it's like when, you know, we, when it, it's like two brothers, right? And one brother is being celebrated because I just say he graduated from college and he got this big internship or whatever like that at this Fortune 500 company. And then one brother just yells out, well, I fixed my engine today just so he can feel like, you know what I'm saying? He part of the conversation and he feels accomplished. Like, why are you sitting up here trying to, you know what I'm saying? Like poo poo on somebody else's accomplishment. I mean, when is that Mike Smith movie coming out? Huh? I mean, please tell me, uh, when is that Dan Quinn movie coming out? When is that Arthur Smith movie coming out? When is that Arthur Blank movie coming out? I mean, I didn't get the memo. I don't know who would play him. I, I, I don't know who would play Arthur Blank. I don't think Count Chocla is a real individual. And Vincent Price has been gone for a long time. So I don't know who they'll get to play these guys. I mean, maybe, you know what I'm saying, if they want to make a comedy based on Atlanta Falcons football uh, seasons, I think that that could be in the works. You know what I'm saying? If they want to make a sitcom and, and, you know what I'm saying, to make everybody laugh. But at the end of the day, nobody checking for the Atlanta Falcons unless they plan the Saints. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that is a fact. Nobody checking for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, you got Falcon fans that ain't even checking for the Falcons.
But, I mean, that's about all I got to say about that. I'm going to go ahead and go to the comments. Jerry says the OG always get on the Falcons. Yeah, he definitely do. Definitely get on the Falcons. Everybody want to stand next to us in NOLA anyway. Yep. Falcons. Man, for real. OG always on time. Preach. And when they blowing leads 28 to 3. Yes, I am. That part right there. Cowboys, Lion, Bucks, and more. The state of St. Falcons still famous. That part right there. I mean, look, the Falcons, the Falcons can't stand on their own two feet, man. I'm just being serious. Like the Falcons, you know, like the Falcons to me, you know, like they they can't like they they can't build on their own energy, right? You know what I'm saying? Like they need a generator. Right. They, they're like that house that's dilapidated that, that don't have no power. Right. And in order for you to get power from the house, you go to the Home Depot or the Lowe's and you get a generator. That generator is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady. That generator is the New Orleans Saints. That generator is the, uh, the Carolina Panthers when they had Cam Newton. Like nobody like you don't never see. Like nobody talking about the Atlanta Falcons in, in, in a comment. Like nobody ever really talking about them on debate shows. When they talking about them, it's about them embarrassing themselves. It's never them talking about them being a legit Super Bowl contender. It's never really like you think about it right now. They're in the news right now because they're thinking about relinquishing their number four pick. Number four pick. Number four. They they are picking in the top five of the NFL draft. How do you have room to troll anybody? Please tell me that. How do you have room to troll anybody? If you're picking in the top five, the top 10, that's not a thing you can tell me, especially a team that's picking all the way at 28. So that means that they're going to have 27 really good players that are going to come off the board before the New Orleans Saints even get there. There are only 32 teams in the league, 29, 30, 31, 32. So there's four teams that are going to pick after the Saints. And you are sitting here in the top five, but yet you want to come on shows like this and talk about the Saints? Are you kidding me? You want to laugh at the misfortune? Oh, they lost in the playoffs. They choked in the playoffs. Whatever. At least they made it to the playoffs. Where are you? Nowhere to be found. Nobody checking for you unless you're playing the Saints, unless you're playing Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. Nobody cares about the Atlanta Falcons. Your own fan base don't care about you until you actually do something. Win, lose, or draw. We as Saints fans are going to care about the New Orleans Saints. We don't care if the Saints go 5-12. and 12. We don't care if they go 3-14. and 14. We are still going to be saying who that with pride as if they're just a team that, that run in the table and undefeated. The Atlanta Falcon fans, they hide in the trees. They hide out when they're losing games. And then when they win a game that they feel like they can come out the trees, oh, y'all lost. What? Like, y'all, y'all done lost five straight games, and then all of a sudden y'all win a game, and all of a sudden y'all won't come out the trees. Like, nobody is checking for you. This is the prime example of a grandstander. Now, I mean, honestly, man, they are a bunch of grandstanding fans, and I guess you can kind of put it in, in, in this type of context. A lot of people move to Atlanta from different places all across the country, so you can make an argument to say maybe – they don't really have real true fans. And they, they, you know what I'm saying? A lot of their fans are casual. It's almost like Vegas, right? You know what I'm saying? When, when a show comes to Vegas, they're, they're basically competing against other shows, right? It's hard to sell out in Vegas, right? So it's hard for you to really find a core Atlanta Falcon fan base. 
And then the thing about it is when you do find a true Atlanta Falcon fan, they're spending more time on Saints pages than their own. I, I'm serious, man. You, you find more Atlanta Falcon fans on Saints pages than you do Saints fans on Atlanta Falcon pages. That's because we don't really care. And a lot of the times where, you know what I'm saying, like we'll go to their pages is because, you know what I'm saying, they probably came to our page first. Or, you know what I'm saying, we're trying to retaliate. Like, they spend way more time talking about us. And you know what somebody else is going to say? You know what somebody going to say? Like, Atlanta Falcon fan is going to watch this show. They're going to watch this podcast. And they're going to be like, why y'all name all in our mouth? Y'all can't keep your name out of your mouth. Now, somebody please tell me when the last time I did a show like this talking about the Atlanta Falcon. You have to, you have to scroll back. But they're going to use that to make it feel like they're relevant. I guarantee you, I probably won't be talking about the Atlanta Falcons for quite some time. But that's the way that they do it because they have this false sense of reality. Like they really think that people care about them when they don't. Uh, they can wear the same shoes as us, but I promise they won't walk the same. Yeah. W, uh, who that? Tragic 504. We run the NFC South. Did you hear about him uh, getting pulled over in uniform in Virginia? I don't know exactly who we're talking about here. Uh, Big Brother EJ and OG. Uh, did you hear about the police uh, uh, enforcement in Virginia? They don't have any professional sports teams. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm strolling on. Dada, thank you very much for being a supporter. What's going on, man? Uh, Trey, uh, such a disrespect to feature the Saints in a film during a dark period in our history. Uh, what dark period in our history are we talking about here? I can't wait to the draft. TJ, it would be a soap opera. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it wouldn't even be no soap opera. It would be a comedy. I mean, you have to have Chris Rock uh, playing the role of uh, Julio Jones or something. Uh, I think you just hurt the Falcons' feelings, but yet they keep asking for it. Uh, thank you very much, Big Apple, for the five dollars. This is exactly why I trash the Falcon so much. Uh, nice, I'm kind of shocked about it. Can't wait to see it. Whenever they beat the Saints, the city of Atlanta throw a parade. That's their Super Bowl. Yeah, it is. I mean, you got people like Roddy White, you know, coming out, you know, putting himself out there looking looking hella embarrassed, you know. When he go out there and just jump out of the window talking about they're going to beat the Saints. I mean, that man went black on social media for like two weeks. Even though my family roots for the Falcons, I still love the Saints way more. About checking for no Falcon. Netflix is producing a movie about Sean Payton year off for football due to Bonnegate and him coaching his son that year. Also, Choke Landa sucks as usual. Yeah, I mean, we kind of broke that down, Gigatis, about that. Um, and as far as like some of these comments that I'm seeing about going on with, with the stuff in the world, man, look, it's not that I don't care about what's going on in the world, man. I'm just tired of talking about this stuff. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I'm, I'm just tired of talking about this stuff. Like, we sit around here and we talk about these things and, and it seems like nothing is really done about them. I don't want to talk about this stuff, man. Like, seriously, I had a great weekend. I'm here to talk about the New Orleans Saints. Um, I mean, look, it's, I don't want to say it's pointless to talk about it, but in ways that it is, I just feel like that's the kind of stuff that, that divides us. 
and it has us looking sideways at one another. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there are, there are horrible people in the world. There are terrible people in the world. But I do understand that there are certain narratives out here that are designed to draw us away from each other instead of drawing us close together. And if we feed into that narrative, uh, we're, we're, you know, we doing exactly what they want us to do. You know, uh, you may not like Charles Barkley. You may not like what he's saying, but I mean, he made an interesting point about dividing and conquer. If you keep people far away from each other, then they'll never have conversations. They'll never talk about the problems that's really going on in the world. And you never really look at the fact of who is who is bringing this stuff to light and who is creating these narratives. So as for me, man, I want to talk about sports. I'm, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Um, your fans tune in during the offseason. Let's see. All they care about is beating the Saints, and that's the problem. That's the problem. I mean, they care about beating the Saints. The Saints care about beating NFC South. There's a difference. Did you see Netflix is making a Spider-Man movie and TV series? No, I, I didn't see that. Falcons should just move out of Atlanta. Nah, they should stay there. You know, they've been there for a long time. Uh, you, you got people that love the Falcons. They got, they got a fan base, man. It's just a lot of casual fans. Just imagine being a Falcon fan. It would be an absolute, total, complete disaster. AT aliens just can't get right, and it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, I used to see more people at Freaknik than Atlanta Falcon. <laughs> uh, anytime we participate in arguments with Falcon fans, we're uh, punching down. I don't like. I don't even get into it, man. Like, man, shouts out to uh, you know the the ATL uh, podcast uh, show that I was on, man. You know, I got a lot of respect for those guys dying and all that, but I don't know, man. I just, I, I can't, sitting going back and forth about teams and what they did and what they do this and that, man, I, I'm not really just big on it. Like, I, I don't want to talk about that kind of stuff, man. I'm, I'm, I'm big with analytics and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm big with analytics. I'm not going to sit up here and talk about what play and I'm not going to keep on, like, bringing up old, you know what I'm saying? Deion Jones catching the interception in the back of the end zone to seal a game. And like, I don't care about that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I mean, I, I'd rather just talk about keys to victory and all that kind of stuff there. Like, I don't like to get into this like petty exchange with Atlanta Falcon fans consistently because honestly, I don't really care that much. I'm here to talk about the New Orleans Saints. And all the only reason, like I said, I, I talked about them on this is because this happened today. And it just so happened that I saw this. I don't feel like I don't feel like I have nothing to gain from bringing the Atlanta Falcon fans up, or like how some other these other groups do it as an NFC South bringing up the Saints and talking trash. Like I got better things to talk about. You know what I'm saying? I can talk about this team. You know, so I can talk about this team and, and, and keys to victory and what they actually need and draft picks and all that kind of stuff there. Because I feel like that's important. You play the Atlanta Falcons twice, right? If you split with the Atlanta Falcons, you still got a chance to make the playoffs. If you sweep the Atlanta Falcons, you still got a chance to make the playoffs. If they sweep you, you still have a chance to make the playoffs. So I don't feel like there's really anything that you gain from doing this. The only thing is, I feel like it helps them gain credibility. You know what I'm saying? Because the Saints are on top. The Saints have been dominating the, the, the series for the last four years. 
So, it, it, you know what I'm saying? It, it's basically like, you know what I'm saying? You, you basically feeding the hungry here. Atlanta Hawks always have a weak fan base. The whole city is heartless compared to Saints and Pels. Well, that's because they got a lot to do, man. Look, I'm not going to disrespect Atlanta. Atlanta is, you know, thriving. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a very successful city. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people move there for opportunities. Rather, they want to get into acting. You know, you got Tyler Perry Studios out there. Uh, You got a lot of combination of black and white, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, very successful individuals out there. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity out there, not to mention his historic significance. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. being born and raised there in the historical Auburn Avenue. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to disrespect Atlanta like that. You know what I'm saying? Like as a city, I got a lot of respect for the city and the opportunities it gives uh, to people from all walks of life. But with that, you have a combination of individuals coming into your city. It's almost like it's almost like Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like how Texas is. Like people graduate from college all across the country, they move to Texas because there's there's great opportunities. I mean, and, and it's a great place to live. I lived in Texas for five years. I mean, you got Louisville, you got Frisco. Even if you don't want to stay inside of uh, Dallas, you got Denton, you got uh, Carrollton. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You got all these different places that you can move to in order for you to, you know, start a life, start a family. So in that regard, I got a lot of respect for Atlanta. But when it comes to their football team, I feel like there's a lot of casual fans, a lot of fans that I don't feel like live by and die by the red and black attack or whatever the heck they call themselves rising up. I only feel like they rise up when it's convenient. When you look at Saints fans, what made Buddy D, the legendary Buddy D, so successful, what what made the great Frank Davis on WWL radio so successful, what made Jim Henderson so successful was the ride that they took us on and the emotion they were able to bring out of us. The, you know what I'm saying? Like all of those years of losing, all of these years of heartbreak and pain, but we still came back for more, despite the fact that the team really gave us very little to cheer from. Even from the whole paper bag thing, we embraced it. You know what I'm saying? We, we, like, we put the bags on, but we went to the games, Right. That, that's what people don't understand. They're like, oh, they put bags on their head. But you didn't have bags on your head to stay at home. You still invested your money, and you went to the same game. You had a bag on, but you were there. Atlanta Falcon fans, they just don't show up. And then when they start winning, then they want a grandstand, and then they want to infiltrate groups and act as if they've been there since day one. But the energy was different. The energy is different. That's what I'm saying. I just want people to keep the same energy. If your team is down and you haven't been cheering, at least be real with yourself. I don't have to go and and investigate you. I don't need to go on your social media page to see how long you've been rooting for the team or is this this, this, this newfound love just started around the time when they made a championship run. I shouldn't need to. You should know that. And you should be real with yourself. And I feel like there's a lot of Falcon fans that aren't real with themselves. Saints fans are way more passionate than Atlanta Falcon fans. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's one of the main reasons why they get so angry. Because when we fail, we're still back the next day looking and having the same type of championship aspirations as we did last season. Even the Saints losing Drew Brees. We still feel like the Saints can be a championship contender with Jameis Winston. That's optimism. 
You know what I'm saying? They're still holding on and afraid of losing Matt Ryan. But, you know what I'm saying, they feel like, like even though some people may feel like the team may fall without Drew Brees, they still feel like the Saints can make the playoffs. They still feel like the Saints can put a team together to win a championship. I don't feel like the Falcons can do the same thing. I, I don't feel like they keep that. I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of conditional love in, in the Atlanta Falcon fan base. Very conditional. I don't feel like that's the same type of, you know, we don't have, well, you have some people that, that are conditional lovers of the Saints, but for the most part, I don't see that. They hate us because they ain't us. Who that? Congratulations, Ramsey. What, what happened, Ramsey? I mean, I, I didn't see it. Let me go back up. Let's see. By the way, the game of the week, uh, go to Outrider Ghost and uh, Tsunami. A tsunami and the debt stranded. Okay, I'll check it out, man. Y'all check it out. Uh, Ramsey giving us the game of the week. Uh, the Falcons are a damn good JV team, though. Look, I don't even want to call them a JV team. They like they have talent on the team. Like that's what makes it so funny, right? <laughs> it is funny because they're good. They have like all the pieces in place, but they just can't put it together. They can't be successful. They can't seem to get out of their own way. Now I'm rooting for Terry Fontenot because. Brother came from like dude from Louisiana, went to Tulane, worked inside the New Orleans Saints organization and worked his way up. I got a lot of respect for him. So in that regard, I'm rooting for him. Right. But at the same time, they can't seem to get out of their own way. They can't get out their own way. And it's hilarious to watch. Giving a shout out to uh, to Bobby. Uh, let's see the. The Buccaneers are on top. Why are beating up on uh, Falcon fans? Um, the Buccaneers are on top because they won the Super Bowl, but that doesn't mean that the Saints, you know what I'm saying, ain't, ain't a relevant football team. And the reason why I'm beating up uh, on the Falcon fans is because of the comments that were made on social media about Sean Payton's movie. So, you know, that's, that's the way I feel about it. Don't get me wrong. I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. The rest of them I don't care about. Uh, hey, uh, hope you haven't had a good weekend. Uh, Shout out to Gigantis. Uh, Hollywood Payton. <laughs> Why are you beating up on Atlanta Falcon fans? Uh, I think I pretty much said that. I, I pretty much explained that, uh, Jules. Uh, you rolling. Hey, TJ, uh, can you throw up that picture you showed us uh, that they posted? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, this is the reason why right here. Okay. Uh this picture right here uh, is that from Atlanta Falcons Twitter page, right? So hold on, let me move this out of the way. Yeah, this is the picture that they put up. Okay, so this is where the conversation about the Atlanta Falcons come up. So once again, and like I said, this, that's how all these narratives start, right? If you're an Atlanta Falcon fan, you think that all of a sudden I'm just on this show consistently talking about you. But like I said, this has been a show. I mean, it's been a while since I even mentioned the Atlanta Falcons. The only reason I mention Atlanta Falcons mostly is because somebody that comes on this show and they're friends. And, 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 I mean, they're, they're fans. Excuse me. They're fans of, of the Falcons. That's the only way. So I live on the border of, of Fort Worth and Arlington. It's booming here. Uh, so would you stay like Ronnie uh, Euless? Uh, you stay in Euless, uh, Tragic? I, I, I think that's uh, around there, right? Fort Worth and Arlington. I think that's around Euless, right? So, yeah. I, I spent a lot of time in Arlington. Man. I went to broadcasting school in Arlington. 
American Broadcasting School. Uh, what's up, my dude? Hope all is well. Checking in. Who that for life? What's going on? Appreciate you stopping by, man. Remember that uh, at the 28 to 3 Super Bowl, you saw people coming out the Woolworths talking about uh, Rise Up. Uh, example, Bow Wow a few hours later. Yeah, I mean, that was funny. That was funny right there, but that, that, that shows you, man, you know. And I get it, man. You know, teams got to give you a reason to cheer for them. Uh, but I feel like if you weren't there in a foxhole, if you weren't going to war, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you have no room to throw that up in my face. Like, if, you, if you've been rolling for a long time, I got a lot of respect for you, right? I respect you. Like Buck Skull game, you know what I'm saying? Like Buck Skull game has been, uh, you know what I'm saying, watching the state of the Saints for a long time. And when they win the Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying, I got a lot of respect for that. You know what I'm saying? Like because he's been here and he's been repping for the, the Buccaneers for a while. So I can respect people like that. But when it comes to like people that I haven't seen and they're like, oh, man, we the champs, like go sit down somewhere. Like, you know, like – if you brand new, your page brand new, you fresh, and you basically just created a, a YouTube uh, channel page in order for you to come just to try to troll Saints fans, like, that's weak. You know what I'm saying? That, like, that's weak as I don't know what. Like, that, that's a lot of conditional love. I have no respect for that. Uh, have a Falcon fans can't name the quarterback before Vic. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chandler, right? You know, Chris Chandler. Uh, the Saints and Buccaneers have the best coaching staff in the NFL. Uh, I disagree with that. I feel like the Saints do. I don't know about the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers, to me, okay, uh, Bruce Arians, to me, is the Tyron Lue, you know what I'm saying, of the, of the NFL. Like, you got Tom Brady, right? And Tyron Lue had LeBron James, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like Bruce Arians' way of coaching – did not lead the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the Super Bowl. It wasn't until he humbled himself and turned his offense into what Tom Brady did best. A New England-based offense is when the New England page, I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers start to win. I just feel like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put a lot of pieces together and Tom Brady was the facilitator. So, I mean, when it comes to history and stuff like that, People are going to say Bruce Arians was a, a good coach and all that kind of stuff, but to me, I don't look at it that way. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't consider Bruce Arians. I like him, like solid guy. Like I would want to play for him, but I don't think he's one of the best coaches in the league. And I definitely don't think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the best coaching staff in the league. I, I don't. You know, like I know they won and everything, but I just feel like a lot of that had something to do with Tom Brady. I don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have won the Super Bowl if Tom Brady wasn't their quarterback. Like, I, I seen, like, Sean Payton win, you know what I'm saying, without uh, Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? I've seen Mike Tomlin win games without Big Ben Roethlisberger. Like, I've seen uh, John Harbaugh, you know what I'm saying, win games without Lamar Jackson and, and mediocre quarterbacks like, uh, like Flacco. You know what I'm saying? I've seen Kyle Shanahan win games, you know what I'm saying, with mediocre quarterback player Jimmy Garoppolo and, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and Mullins and all them other cats, you know what I'm saying, that played for the team. Like, I've seen this. So I can't say that Bruce Arians 
is one of the best coaches in the league, and he doesn't have one. He doesn't have one of the best staffs. I, I don't believe that. I mean, I don't feel like I'm hating when I say that. I, I don't like. I, I just feel like when you look around the league, I feel like what makes you a great coach is you win. You know what I'm saying? Be, you know, in spite of your circumstance. Like we we know Sean Payton can win without Drew Brees because we saw it. We know Kyle Shanahan can win without Jimmy Garoppolo because we saw it. We know that Mike Tomlin can win without Big Ben Roethlisberger because we saw it. We know John Harbaugh can win without Lamar Jackson because we saw it. We, you know, what I'm saying like it. We even with Bill Belichick, we seen Bill Belichick win games without Tom Brady. It, it what they didn't, you know, what I'm saying make the playoffs this past year, but we see Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, what I'm saying we we seen him win. You know, what I'm saying games with Jimmy G. You know what I'm saying? Like we 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 seen all these different guys. You know what I'm saying that we seen him win games with. So, to me, I mean that would make you great. You know, not great circumstance. Like anybody can win a bunch of games with Ben Roethlisberger as their quarterback. Anybody can win a bunch of games when Andrew Luck is their quarterback and Peyton Manning is their quarterback. Right? They're to me, they are going to be great no matter who they who their coach is. They're, they're going to be great. Uh, I didn't. College football games were played on Saturday. Um, hey, TJ, love seeing a movie about the involving the Saints. Who that? Yeah. I think the last Saints movie they had was that movie called The Saintly Switch with uh, Vivica Fox and David Allen Greer uh, when they end up switching bodies because they went to this voodoo uh, lady or whatever like that and they switched bodies and David Allen Greer went into the body of Vivica Fox and vice versa. And he had to teach uh, her how to play football, the court, because he ended up, he ended up being a quarterback of the saints. It's the last movie I can remember the saintly switch on. It was a Disney movie. Uh, move on. Chosen says, what's good, everybody. Who that buck fans are really ticking me off. I'm not really mad at them. Man. I understand lady. They happy. They won the Super Bowl. You know, they, they won a the Super Bowl. Uh, Bucks are still a poverty organization. Well, they they prosperous right now, and I can't even hate on that. So they got a reason to chill. You know what I'm saying? They got a reason to be happy. Uh, but I I just feel like I, I just don't want to hear from people that just casually came on board. They just hopped on the train because they seen it moving fast. Uh, having a good Monday. Hope the the same for you. And I was giving a shout out to Ghostface. Ty Bowles does deserve credit, though. Yeah, Ty Bowles is a good coordinator. Um, not so much a good head coach. You know, I haven't seen it. I mean, but I will say for the Jets, I mean, that is a that's a train wreck. That's a train wreck organization. So to me, you know, I would like to see him get opportunities somewhere else as a, you know, like a a, a great organization. You know what I'm saying? Like an organization that they give you the opportunities uh to succeed. I just feel like Ty Bowles going to the Jets. I haven't really seen a lot of people be successful with the Jets. Like, I, I haven't seen it. And I'm sorry about this, folks. I'm trying to uh, actually pull up something that I'm supposed to read for Manscaped. Uh, but Manscaped.com is the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. And we all know that it's springtime and the flowers are blooming. And it's time for you to uh, start trimming. All right. We know that Manscaped. It's the number one leader in all of male grooming needs. And if you go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, you will save 
on your purchase, okay? You can just use the promo code State of Saints, that's all one word, and you will save 20% on your purchase. And also, there's free international shipping. So check out manscaped.com for all your male grooming needs. And 2 million men worldwide have chosen manscaped.com. So be one of those 2 million. Uh, check out manscaped.com. They have some great products. Uh, I recommend the lawnmower uh, 3.0. Uh, it's it's very very good, you know what I'm saying, and I mean it's a really good product, man. So check them out, uh, Manscape.com, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. And once again, thank you to Cash App uh, uh, for the month of April. Working with Cash App, uh, if you want to donate to the State of the Saints podcast, you can use uh, this code here, the profile code of Dollar Sign State of Saints. So if you're not on YouTube, you don't want to donate on YouTube. Um, don't want to donate on Facebook. You can use Cash App in order to do it. And thank you uh, to Cash App. Uh, now back to the comments. Let's go with Jerry says. Uh, don't get me started with the yucks, please. <laughs> uh, Ty Bull deserves some credit. TJ disrespecting Ty Lu. I'm not disrespecting Ty Lu. It's just a fact. You know what I'm saying? Like Ty Lu, you know what I'm saying? Winning a championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, had a lot to do with LeBron James. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but, you know, sometimes like when you're coaching really good players, you know, it, it people just get this false sense of reality. You know, like one coach I feel like that kind of rose above that to me is Eric Spostra. Eric Spostra is a guy that rose above that because he had the big three. He had Wade and Bosh and LeBron, right? And everybody was talking about Eric Spostra. They're talking about, you know, is he a good coach or whatever. Eric Spoelstra always had the heat going to the playoff. They went in the NBA Finals last year. So Eric Spoelstra, to me, is a good coach. Being a good coach to me is when you prove to everybody that you can win in spite of, you know what I'm saying, what's around you. To me, Tyron Lue hasn't proved that. He just proved that he's in the right place at the right time. Uh, Ghostface, uh, thank you very much for the $10. Said Falcons get cooked and roasted so much. Uh, they sell Falcon Helper in Atlanta. Grocery stores. Yeah, I mean, they, they defense is very suspect, okay? Very eyebrow-raising, if you will. You know, like very eyebrow-raising. Thank you to Ghostface Griller, who is also a supporter of the State of the Saints podcast. You can become a supporter of the State of the Saints podcast. Go to Facebook.com, uh, hit the su- support button. You can become a monthly supporter of the State of the Saints podcast. And also on YouTube, you can become a supporter as well. Should have a link in the description because of, uh, for that as well. Uh, now that you explained that the Saints are the best coaching staff, the Saints are the best coaching staff in the NFC South. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Sean Payton has the best coaching staff. I don't feel like, you know, like they got some really good coaching staffs in the league, but the Saints are, to me, in the top three. I mean, if you want to find three other teams, fine, but they definitely top five. All right. I think that when you're when you're critiquing or evaluating who is the best coaching staff, you got to look at the coach, you got to look at the circumstance, you got to look at who on the team, you got to look at the adversity, you know, like you you got to look at all these different things, you know that that's to me is how you know you evaluate who has the best coaching staff. It's not to me about just winning a whole bunch of games, you know, because. You know, anybody, you know what I'm saying, if you have a great quarterback, you're going to win some football games. I don't care if your defense suck. 
I don't care if y'all your, your offense, you know what I'm saying, like your offense kind of suspect, but if you have a good quarterback and you got like a, a good guy on defense that can like rally the troops, you're going to win football games because you have that talent around you. But what happens when you have limited talent or you have to like make the best out of a certain situation? You know what I'm saying? Like that's when I feel like that that elevates you, you know, like are you a trendsetter? You know what I'm saying? Can you win in spite of when your back is against the wall? Can you overcome adversity? That's the recipe uh, for success when it comes to coaching, in my opinion. Uh, let's go. Uh, I am mainly uh, taking uh, talking about Ty Bowles. Yeah, Ty Bowles is a good coach. Byron Leftwich, uh, he he's getting there, you know. But, I mean, it does help when you have Tom Brady as your quarterback. Hey, TJ, love seeing the movement involving the Saints. Uh, get our fan base up, which will make us more competitive uh, with the money. Well, I don't know about that, uh, but it is interesting to, to see Sean Payton in a movie, you know what I'm saying, a New Orleans Saints head coach, you know. And I think it's an honor, you know what I'm saying. Anytime that people feel like your story is worth, you know, exploring or, turning into a movie, you know, it's, it's pretty, you know what I'm saying? It, it's pretty commendable. You know, it's almost like, you know, there's song about Nas, you know what I'm saying? Nas and AZ. I think it was called Life's a Beat. You know what I'm saying? That's, that was the name of the song. And he said, you know, he asked Nas the question. He said, if they wrote a story on your life, would anybody read it? You know, if somebody wrote a story about your life, would you think people would be interested in it? So, any part of Sean Payton's life that they can actually turn into a movie, pretty commendable, man. Pretty commendable. TJ Atlanta Falcons uh, paid them refs in the Rams game so Saints wouldn't play Super Bowl in their stadium. I don't know about all that. You know, I don't know about it at all, but I do know that the Saints got robbed in that game. Uh, Ghostface giving a shout-out to Jerry and Gigantis. John Kelly, welcome to the family. Uh, Shouts out to John Kelly, a new subscriber to the channel. Jay, what's going on? Drew says, what up, who that nation? Coming from San Antonio, Texas. Man, shouts out to uh, you out there in San Antonio. Uh, Giving a shout out to Be Kind. We're going to stroll down a little bit. Gary, man, what's going on, man? My former classmate, Gary Taylor, man. What's going on, Gary? Uh, Shouts out to Charles J. Cole Middle School. Uh, I give credit to the black coaches on Tampa Bay squad more than Arians. Yeah, I mean, look, they, he had a good coaching staff. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie about that. I'm not going to disrespect uh, B.A. and say that he didn't have a really good coaching staff. I'm not going to disrespect him like that. Um, but I, I just think that I don't think they're the, one of the best coaching staffs. Deion Sanders coaching on Saturdays. Uh, well, <laughs> If we are we asking this? Are we, are we is this like a statement? Uh, I, I watched the Jack State game on Saturday. Um, wasn't really impressed. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they did put up about 40 points. Uh, but that dude to kill uh, Glass is a beast. Okay, I don't know if y'all know what this dude is. I don't know if y'all watched the game, but a kill Glass. That man put up seven touchdowns, and I hope that the New Orleans Saints organization was watching that. Because that dude going to play on Sundays, man. The poise, uh, the region of his progressions, uh, him throwing these passes, man. I mean, it, it, he, he's very raw. I feel like in the right system, he can turn into a really good quarterback. He has a really good arm. 
my goodness, you know what I'm saying? I I, I left that game uh, more interested in a kill glass than I did about Jackson State. And you know, man, anybody know me, you know, y'all know I'm, I graduated from there. So, <laughs> you know, the, the thing is with, with Jackson State, Deion Sanders, uh, to me, I, I'm just going to say this, man. Um, Deion Sanders, to me, isn't really interested in this season. I, I'm just going to be 100 with you. It, it seemed like to me, like he just tried to, this, this is more like an evaluation process, right? It's like all these games are preseason. He knows like what he has and what he recruited and those guys coming in the fall to try to help the team. He's more interested in what they're going to do in the fall than what they're doing right now. And I definitely don't agree with the way that he's doing his press conferences. Like, even if you don't feel like your team is good enough, like you don't put that out there in the atmosphere. You don't put that out there for people to be like, you know what I'm saying? Like you should never like make these guys believe they aren't good enough because if it was me, if I don't feel like you believe in me, then why, why should I believe in you? Right? So I just feel like, I feel like he's throwing his players under the bus. It's like saying it ain't me, it's them. Well, I feel like this, man. Why is it that you have certain coaches that come to schools and they may not have the best talent, but they get the best talent out of those guys. And why can't you do it? You know what I'm saying? Like you can make an argument for that. Because to me, if if you're recruiting four and five star talent, that basically going to take care of itself, right? Because you already got the best talent on the field. But what happens when you don't have the best talent on the field? That goes back to what we're talking about with Sean Payton. When you are when your back is against the wall and you don't have the best talent available and you still find ways to win football games, I feel like that's a reflection of how good of a coach you are. If you're just waiting on guys to be faster than other guys, to be stronger than other guys and all that kind of stuff, then I feel like to me, you know, that's, that's not a reflection of your coaching. It just feel like, like, like I used the example also, it's like you're going to the park four cars pull up, you know what I'm saying? Right behind you. And you just waiting to have winners and all five of those guys that you with, you play AA basketball, you know what I'm saying? Like AA basketball with, and y'all go out there to the park and just run the tape. Like you just waiting on the, the unfair advantage. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I, I just don't agree with you uh, killing the confidence of these kids. And, and you know, that man, most likely none of those guys are going to make it to the NFL. It's a long shot. Most of the time, if you're from an HBCU making it to the NFL. But you don't never try to put that into the atmosphere to make those guys believe they aren't good enough. I feel like that's a cop out and I don't agree with that. Now, somebody said to me, like, well, you mentioned that. Do I feel like they don't do I feel like they have the talent to win? No, I don't. You know what I mean? Like, but that's me. Like, I'm a I'm a alumni of the school. You know what I'm saying? I'm a I'm a I'm a broadcaster, I'm a sports podcaster. I mean, my opinion, all right, you won't take it. Fine. You know what I'm saying? Like TJ said this on the State of the Saints, fine. But I, I don't have that much cachet and my and my words don't carry as much weight as somebody that's in the locker room coaching these guys. That's telling these guys, man, we need to go out there and do this and execute this, that, and the third. So I don't feel like I'm on the same playing field. If I critique a Saints player, it is, you know what I'm saying, it's different from Sean Payton talking about a player. To me, because Sean Payton has to go into the locker room and talk to those players and put those guys in positions to win. Not me. 
You know, it's a whole different ball game. What up, TJ? Hope you and your family are safe and continue to be blessed. Zoidy, uh, appreciate that. Eugene says, man, those accents and that acting on a saintly switch were atrocious. Yeah, terrible. Uh, when the borders open up, going to take a vacay to NOLA. Hopefully you can show me uh, the best beignets. Well, Brandon, actually, I don't stay in uh, New Orleans anymore. Uh, I stay in uh, Myrtle Beach. But, I mean, I can recommend some spots. You know, I can recommend some spots, uh, you know, that when I when I do go home, I, I definitely uh, visit. I hope Burrow survives another season with the Bengals. I think they'll get better. Um, I think the offensive line play is going to be better. Uh, TJ, are you familiar with number one, the Saints movie uh, starring Charles Heston as a washed quarterback? Uh, no, I, I, I didn't. You know, I know Charleston Heston is, you know, so I know he played Moses on the Ten Commandments. Uh, but nah, nah, I'm not familiar with that movie. Uh, who, uh, who would want to play in New York? Bill Belichick didn't even want to coach there. Yeah, I think, I, I think he was a coach for like one day for the Jets. And then he, he realized that, uh, <laughs> that, that was a train wreck. Gigantist and Manscaped when you want to be smooth. Exactly. Manscaped.com, man. Check them out. Uh, trim your hedges, fellas. They absolutely, man. You, you definitely got to do that. Got to groom yourself, fellas. Uh, I have no hate for the Bucks fans. They actually treated us nice and was thankful we were in town 2012 because it meant their game would be on TV because uh, that was the only game selling out. Yeah, man, look. Like I ain't got no problem with the I ain't got no problem uh, with the Buccaneers. I, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, Gary says added a game will help or hurt the top tier teams. Uh, I think it'll help them. I think it'll help them. You know what I'm saying? Like um, definitely help teams that are on the, on the bubble. You know, help them to be able to get into the playoffs. I mean, especially like you got that seven spot now. I'm not as concerned about the playoffs now, now that you got that seven spot team can come in and you never know what's going to happen. You know, you never know what's going to happen. So, you know, I, I don't have no problem with the uh, 17th game. I don't. Uh, basketball was happening. Um, Man, I'm not really a big fan of basketball. I know Zion Williamson balling out. Uh, I mean, with his high percentage of field goal, his high uh, field goal percentage and, but man, the, the Pelicans, I, they they can't guard the three to save their life, you know. But I don't know what it is, man. I think they get better defensively. I think they'll be able to be like really good down the stretch. Uh, Zion really coming into his own uh, as a as a player. Um, but they got to get better defensively before they think about going anywhere. Too inconsistent. They're complete. They're they're so inconsistent. They'll go out there and they'll play really well. Uh, you know, and then like late in the game, they just fall apart. But I just think that they need to learn how to guard the three. It's like they they, they don't have an interest of guarding it at all. Uh, Bucks suffered uh, for many many years until Brady. Yeah, I mean we can make the argument that the Saints suffered many many years before Brady. So kind of the same thing. What owl is the Dirty Bird helper? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, probably every Sunday when they play the Saints. You know. <laughs> Or Thursday. Shout out to Camara holding on to his signing bonus, not uh, spending any of it. Man, it takes uh, care of his future. 
Yeah, man. Uh, shout out to Al- Alvin Kamara, you know, being smart with his money. Uh, they are, he understands that, you know, these guys don't play forever. Uh, they un- understand that, you know, they go out to have a life outside of football. So shouts out to him not spending his signing bonus money and being smart about it. I mean, we heard stories about people like Marshawn Lynch doing the same thing. And now, you know, Marshawn can enjoy uh, retirement and you don't have to feel like, you know, he he's tied down to try to, you know, play football for the rest of his life because he he made bad business decisions. You know, that's one thing uh, about Adrian Peterson. You know, I, I like Adrian Peterson, certified Hall of Famer, but him continue to play in the National Football League, uh, you know, they, they talk about how he's made bad investments. Uh, you got to be smart with your money, man, so you don't have to beat down your body to try to make up for the money that you lost in your youth. The State of Saints, hey, TJ, check out the model Vanessa Purr from Germany. She's a New Orleans Saints fan. She did two videos in Saints gear, one in 2019 and one in 2020. Okay, I'll check her out, you know. i check her out, man. Shouts out to her. Tamara said, uh, did you watch WrestleMania? Uh, definitely watch WrestleMania. And if you follow me on uh, at State of Saints, I was tweeting uh, during WrestleMania. Uh, night one of WrestleMania was much better than night two. Uh, I definitely was excited the, of the match with Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. I feel like that was one of the best matches. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre uh, was a really good match to open up. Uh, the second night was just god off. I mean... I don't know what they was thinking. I mean, you you, you put this big, huge storyline together about Red Dorton and the fiend Bray Wyatt. You put this big old storyline together, and then all of a sudden, like, only for the for the fiend to lose. So let me get this straight. Okay, this man get burned alive. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It, it, Red Dorton uh, burns this man's house on fire. You know what I'm saying? This is like, I understand wrestling ain't real, but I'm just talking about from a storyline standpoint. So he burns down his house. He actually burns this guy alive. He regenerates himself to come back only to lose at WrestleMania again. So you can burn down a guy's house. You can burn him up and then you can still beat him. And you know what I'm saying? He ain't never going to beat you. So that was just absolutely pathetic. And um, man, just, man, just some bad, terrible decisions on the, on the second night. But I enjoyed like the matches on the first night. I think it was much better. I like the fact that they broke WrestleMania up into two nights. Because being a person that actually been in a crowd at WrestleMania, sitting in a crowd for six hours, like not leaving till about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, uh-uh, man, that ain't cool. So I like the fact that they broke it up into two nights, and I hope they continue to do that. But I enjoy WrestleMania. Always enjoy that, man. It's the Super Bowl of wrestling. Super Bowl of wrestling. I'm going to scroll down a little bit. Uh, my cell phone is going dead. Thanks for the show, TJ. Jules, I appreciate you for stopping by, man. John Kelly said, there is something about you that makes me laugh when you defend the Saints, especially when trashing the Falcons. Who that? <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad you enjoy the show. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoy it. Uh, late but here, I see you rocking a Manscaped t-shirt. T- yeah, man, got to rock the sponsor, man. Got to show love to the sponsor of the show. Uh, you didn't know how beautiful Spider-Man Morales is on uh, the PS5. I am so happy that I got this a few days ago uh, on the eight, and I am so lucky. Yeah, man, if you got a PS5, man, you're lucky. You, you're in a very uh, rare number right there. Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks was epic. Yeah, that was a great match. That was a great match, man. And it, 
you know, it's a testament to both uh, women. You know, people, you know, that watch wrestling need to understand, like, when a match is bad, it's because of the chemistry. You know, like, when you have one person that is willing to give to another person, like, you can tell Sasha Banks uh, took it upon herself. Because, I mean, we know the matches are predetermined, right? We know uh, Vince McMahon or whoever in charge goes to them and says, you're going to lose this match via pinfall from this finisher. Like, we know, right? So, you know, like, when you go into the ring, you know you're going to lose. And your, your primary objective is to make the other person look good uh, in victory, like Sasha Banks did. There really were no losers in that match, okay? I mean, Sasha Banks really did everything that she can to make Bianca Belair look good. I mean, she showed, like, her, you know, a test, like, a feast of strength. Like, basically, you know what I'm saying? Like, pressing her above her head, walking upstairs and throwing her back into the ring. You know what I'm saying? Some of those different moves that Bianca Belair did and Sasha was willing to allow her to do uh, really, like, showed, like, a different side of Bianca Belair that a lot of people probably didn't know if they weren't watching her on NXT. And Sasha Banks, at the same time, man, what, what she was doing called selling, you know what I'm saying, making uh, – making it look as if, you know what I'm saying, the moves that Bianca was doing on her were believable was a testament to how good both women were. So that was a great match. You know, we talk about some of the greatest matches of all time, like the Steamboats and the Macho Man matches and the Shawn Michaels, uh, Razor Ramon ladder match. We talk about these matches, but I don't think people understand, like, what makes a great match is two guys willing to give and receive. Jerry says, love the Manscaped t-shirt, TJ. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. Uh, home team. Well, at least that's what it is for now while it's being made. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it's going to be called. They, they, they had to put all the, you know, they had to put the money behind and get the copyrights for the name and all that. So yeah, that probably was most likely going to be named. Bianca Belair with the long hair and whip Sasha in the stomach changed the game in that match. Yeah, and also it told a story, man. Like, if you if you looked at it, like throughout the entire match, Sasha Banks was like grabbing Bianca Belair's like hair. And for for those that don't watch wrestling, Bianca Belair, uh, she's a she's a wrestler, and she wears like this big old long braid, and like it comes all the way down to like her leg or whatever. So throughout the match, Sasha Banks was like pulling her hair, like even like to put the submission hold on her. Like, you know, it's outside of the ring. So the whole narrative was like her pulling her hair in order for her to get the advantage. And finally, Bianca was like, man, just give me my hair. Like, I'm tired of you doing this and just whipped her across the chest and put this huge wealth on on the side of a a stomach, man, which was, man, that was intense right there. And people think that, you know, saying it was, you know, it wasn't real. Like, you know, the, the loud noise, but. You have people that were in the crowd from all different angles, man. Shows like, you know, Bianca Belair indeed whipped her across the stomach with her, with her hair, man. That was, man, that was uh, that was intense. My first, my very first Saints game I went to was nineteen ninety six versus Chicago Bears. It was a preseason game. Uh, yeah, man. What up, doing time? Mario Bates was there, huh? <laughs> Uh, in the Superdome or in general. Interesting. Uh, in the Superdome. Let's see. Also, I like the Brian Reigns-Edge match. Yeah, Daniel Bryan carried that match to me. 
that was a great match. Haven't seen one of those in a long time. My grandson had the same thrill uh, that I had watching as a kid. He's five and a big Sasha Banks fan. I loved it. Yeah, um, that was a great match, man. You know, I, I thought it was I thought it was a really solid match. And I got I, I feel like Daniel Bryan carried that match. I think it was a good move, like putting him in a match because they probably wanted to protect Edge. You know, Edge is like if he's not 50, he's close to 50. And, um, you know, it, it, and a lot of people are saying that's Daniel Bryan last WrestleMania because he's thinking about retiring uh, at least 54. Let's see. Remember when Bianca used uh, her long hair to Reginald? Yeah. I mean, she used to, she usually do that. She used to do that when she was in NXT quite a bit. Uh, first game was a 1981 preseason game versus the old Baltimore Colts. Uh, fell in love with the team and zone from that day. My first Saints game was actually the playoff game when they played the Rams, uh, when, when they won their very first playoff game. I think I was like 13 at the time. That was my very first game. Uh, Bloodstone, yep. Uh, keep going, honey. So, look, but all in all, man, it, it's good to know that Sean Payton is going to be, uh, you know, featured in a movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, based on, like, what he was going through, uh, I'm interested to see it, man. I know a lot of people are interested to see it as well. Uh, Going to be interested to see how Kevin James is going to play Sean Payton. Uh, And just to know the story, you know, like, we we know that Sean Payton was suspended, but we probably don't know, like, the the mental uh, anguish he was going through during that time, man. I mean, I can remember Sean Payton – uh, being in the stance, right, for uh, I think when Drew Brees was playing against the San Diego Chargers at the time and he was, you know, I think he uh, broke Johnny United's record or whatever like that. And I remember Sean Payton, like, sitting in the luxury box. And the Saints were, you know, you know, basically going back and forth with the Chargers. And I can remember them always, like, showing in a the, in the box, like, how dialed in Sean Payton was as if he was coached. So uh, Sean Payton is an interesting guy, man. You know, Sean Payton is a guy that, you know, a lot of us, you know, love and respect. Uh, he's a guy that demands greatness. He's a guy that works really hard. And he's one of the best play callers in the NFL. You know, I think that players love to play for him. And finally, uh, Jerry says, I was in high school in 2000 when the Saints won their playoff game versus the Rams. The King drops the ball. Yeah. That was one of the best calls in the world by Jim Henderson, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, the fact that the game was that close, because the Saints, I mean, look, Willie Jackson was beasting, you know? So I think Willie Jackson had like four touchdowns in that game or something like that. And um, Willie Jackson was a wide receiver, for those that don't know. He was beasting, man. The Saints were like beating up on the Rams, and the Rams came back. And I remember like just sitting there like, oh, man, I can't go through this again. I, I I I can't go through this again. But they were able to uh, get through it, and we know they lost the following week versus that that uh, that Minnesota Vikings team. I think that was like fifteen and one or something like. No, I don't think they were fifteen and one, but they was like really good that year. I don't know if they were. I don't know if they were fifteen one or not, or fourteen and two. But they end up lo- they end up losing to the Vikings, and the Vikings end up losing to the Giants, and the Giants end up going to the Super Bowl to take on the Ravens, and we know the Ravens won a Super Bowl 
that year. Uh, but I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And also, once again, go ahead and hit that like button if you enjoyed the show. Go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Uh, check out the State of the Saints podcast on Facebook, facebook.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Become a supporter of the State of the Saints podcast. I would really appreciate that. And previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. And uh, this show, once again, is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Go to Manscaped.com for all your male grooming needs. Use the promo code that's all one word, State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of your purchase. You all take care. Uh, Have a great morning, noon, night, whenever you're watching this podcast. Like always, all I got to say is, who that?